I got there, there was a man sitting to the left of Kevin. And I thought... And then in a completely empty row. In a like very empty row. And so I was like, oh, this guy's with us, I guess. And so I, I walked up <laughs> and I went, hi. And I waved to them like they were together. <laughs> and then Abby and Kevin at the same time were like, no, no, keep going. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And you just like, hi. 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 <laughs> I don't know you, but hi. Are you all right now? I'm okay. I think that might have like been the onset of my perpetual sweating <laughs> perspiration my perpetual perspiration i sweat through that entire movie hello everybody and welcome back to the ride home podcast my name is abby hey guys it's caitlin we just braved a another marvel opening night i yes. forced you to quite a few now Yes. You're new to the Marvel opening night adventure. I know. I haven't. I would say that I've seen a decent amount of Marvel movies at this point, but still not a ton on opening night. Yeah. So it is a new thing for me. We just got out of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, which I will have to say, unfortunately, has been getting pretty bad reviews. Not good. So the tomato meter is dropping. What is it, by the way? It is now sitting at a 48 48%. 48%. Mm-hmm. I do know that this is the, it's either the lowest or the second lowest rated Marvel movie of all time. Oh, man. I think knowing that the reviews were so mm-hmm. low kind of put my expectations on the floor. Not that I really yeah. had any in the first place. As always, we are going to do a spoiler-free section and a spoiler section. The spoiler section will be noted by a little elevator music tone. But before then, we're just going to give our like very basic reviews. And I promise all Marvel fans who are listening... We will not spoil anything. No, I promise. we won't. That, that isn't our only two caveats to that are if it's in the Google synopsis, we will read it. Mm-hmm. And if it's in the trailer, I will mention it. Okay. So those are the two things that like I do not count those as spoilers. Sure. That being said, could you do us a favor of reading the Google synopsis? Yes. Let me clear my throat. Okay. <clears throat> because... In addition to my perpetual perspiration, I also have perpetual heartburn. Ant, hello, (laughs) Ant Man, Ant Man, do it again, Ant Man, Ant Man, Ant Man. Do like a clear tone, like go like ah. (laughs) It's like a choir teacher when they're like, do. Oh my God, my vocal cords are shredded. Ant Man and the Wasp find themselves exploring the quantum realm interacting with strange new creatures and embarking on an adventure that pushes them beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. As always, we're going to start with you. What are your thoughts on Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania? Honestly, I'm a little bit surprised that it's like one of the lower rated ones, not because I thought it was like an amazing movie, uh-huh. but the most recent Doctor Strange was like significantly worse than this movie, <laughs> in my opinion. That one's so niche that like fanboys love it, basically. Yeah. Okay. I understand that, I guess. So I didn't hate this movie. Mm-hmm. A little, I guess, back 
round on my experience with Ant-Man is I have not seen either. <laughs> none experience. Yeah, none. <laughs> the experience is none. I have not seen either of the other Ant-Man movies. Right. I don't even know what they're called. I'm so sorry. Is it Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp? I think so, yeah. Okay. Haven't seen them. I didn't. I saw like bits and pieces of Loki. Mm-hmm. Like as I had it on the TV. Yeah. So I it. was not really engaged with that. So I didn't really see any of the references from that. Right. Um, so I kind of went into this totally blind, which, you know, you said to me earlier today, you were just like, shit, like we never got around to watching them. Cause I had mentioned like, oh wow, like you have to watch the first two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a split second today where I was thinking like, you know, I, I would be interested to see what somebody coming into one of the Marvel movies completely blind Mm. would think and if they actually do succeed at like setting up the characters and the story without having context Mm -hmm. and so I was really interested to actually hear your perspective instead of like catching you up really quickly and making you like really fresh on the content so Mm -hmm. that you like knew exactly what was going on yeah and I have to say I think that was a smart move for me in particular Mm -hmm. because I am a person who really just takes a movie for face value. Mm -hmm. I know we've established that in pretty much every podcast episode that we've done. (laughs) And B, because I experience movies like that, it does take me a while to process them. Mm -hmm. So I really don't think that me like cramming in the other two movies ahead of time would have really helped me. I also feel like you would have been Ant-Man'd out. Totally would have been Ant-Man'd out. Because... This Ant-Man is is the other Ant-Man is the other Ant-Man. It's yeah. kind of all the same like visually okay. and even just the the pacing and the storytelling and even like the tempo of the script almost. Okay. They're all very similar movies. Okay. I really am glad that you didn't see it. So you have kind of the freshest perspective mm-hmm. that an audience member could have. With that being said, I enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a fun watch. I probably won't ever watch it again. Right. Um, not for any particular reason other than it just was a movie, you yeah. know. Um, I thought that it did do a very good job of setting up the characters. You didn't feel lost. I didn't feel lost at oh, all. That's good. Um, good. Which, you know, especially with them being in the quantum realm, it's like very f- heavy fantasy. Yeah. And sometimes I can get lost in that type of setting right but I really didn't at all and I took it for face value and it also really really reminded me a lot of Star Wars it definitely had a Star Wars vibe for sure you're not misreading that okay I mean like it was like (laughs) spot on so many things yeah I can't wait to talk about that yeah because I have really not seen the quantum realm before. I was pretty impressed with it. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really cool. And I thought that the idea of there being like different worlds within the quantum realm and different places and like landscapes. Yeah, and, yeah, it was it was very cool visually for me. I wasn't like overwhelmingly impressed with the VFX. Mm-hmm. But the landscapes I thought were very cool. But the rest of the VFX I felt maybe fell short yeah in my opinion I felt like maybe it was another like in the same vein as we talked about Doctor Strange earlier Mm -hmm. where it was another case of like pressed for time like they Mm. it it felt like they cut a few corners here and there with the VFX where you had these like 
big, gorgeous, beautiful landscapes, but then like a creature nearby looks like it's from like a Disney movie almost. Yeah. And this is a thing that I've noticed with Marvel recently, especially as they've like expanded and used more and more like VFX studios. I feel like there's a lack of identity that comes with having so many hands Mm. working on something. We were just talking about the credits and just how many people are working on these movies. And I feel like when a movie is completely set in a a fake world Mm -hmm. that is entirely made out of VFX, like there's no, there's nothing real. None of that is real. Basically, the only thing that's real in this movie are the the, the human being actors. Mm-hmm. Everything else is is created in a computer. Right. And I think the issue with that is there's a lack of cohesion in terms of like product quality. Mm-hmm. And there's also a lack of cohesion in actual design like it feels like one studio designed this creature and and marvel signed off on it and was like yeah that looks great sure Mm -hmm. we'll put it in and then another studio created a creature and they put that in and those creatures don't belong in the same world together yeah like they don't even look like each other yeah i don't really feel like this movie had an identity period (laughs) you know i feel like it was this incredibly generic action movie mm-hmm. and i think the the number one reason why i'm assuming people aren't liking it like why i'm assuming you know the rotten tomato score mm-hmm. is so low is because there's nothing really like to grab onto right it just feels empty i felt like that too and i felt there was multiple times in the movie where i was like what is the even plot of this movie (laughs) like what's actually even happening i feel like the writers and the directors of this movie tried to make us connect to scott's family right Mm -hmm. so they were like the heart and soul of this movie is scott and it is cassie and it is Janet and Hank and mm-hmm. and Hope. And what was so lacking was that none of these characters actually felt like they had a connection. Cassie and Scott were supposed to have this really like tight father bond relationship or father daughter bond. And I just wasn't buying it. Not at all. Hope and Scott are supposed to be like in love and together for many years. Don't buy it. Nope. Hank and Janet are supposed to, you know, be married. Mm-hmm. Don't buy that. Janet and Hank are, are Hope's parents. Don't buy that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it felt like we had this like piecemeal cast that almost felt like they had just met each other. Yes. I was going to say it felt almost like each of the members of the cast were just individual people uh-huh. who were not related or connected to each other in any way. Right. And somehow just ended up on this little adventure together. Also, did, did you notice that Evangeline Lilly didn't have dialogue? Yeah. What was that? Is she okay? <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it was like they would have this whole scene and then it would cut to Evangeline Lilly just like smiling and nodding. And like no dialogue. And just like becoming the wasp and like being tiny. Right. And it wasn't cut naturally or seamlessly into scenes. It was like they would (laughs) they would say something directly to her and she would just like smile and nod. Or she would look concerned. Yeah. Or she would look frightened. Yeah. It was well it was so it was like a robot actress. Yes. 
They've been doing it a lot recently on movies that have a lot of VFX. So, for example, Brie Larson Mm -hmm. was in a movie with, like, all of the Avengers, right? Mm -hmm. She had never met any of them because she filmed all of her scenes on a green screen by herself. And this movie felt like that. Like, it felt like when two people were talking, it was always, like, a one-shot and a one-shot. There was Mm -hmm. no camera creativity of, like over the shoulder or together it was very sitcom-y like it it would cut from one person talking and then like they would finish talking and it would cut to another person talking Mm -hmm. and so the editing felt very dry the acting felt very dry it felt like they weren't able to like play off of each other Mm -hmm. and I think that and just a lack of good writing Mm -hmm. lent itself to just a really like empty movie very lackluster yeah that being said i think if you were to show this movie to like a pilgrim they would like (laughs) shit themselves like they would (laughs) like they would need heart palpitate like they would need yes they would need like trauma they would need cpr they would need yes trauma therapy they would have ptsd yeah for sure i think there is a tendency for people especially people who are like super duper marvel fans Mm -hmm to really over criticize marvel movies and i think it's really easy to forget that these literally are just action movies right you know what i mean like i feel like because marvel has this weird balance of having movies that are capable of being nominated for oscars Mm -hmm. and then movies that are this Mm. it's so weird because of course you're gonna think this movie is shit compared to Black Panther. Sure. Of course you are. But it doesn't mean that this was necessarily like a bad movie to watch. Right. Was it great? Absolutely not. Mm-mm. Was it empty? Sure. Mm-hmm. But I've watched a thousand empty I mean, hell, there was a Fast and the Furious trailer before this movie and people were like, Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> We've certainly never seen one. No. Probably never will. Probably never will. But I can assure you that those movies are not great in terms of script, but people let it slide. And I feel like there's this weird line in Marvel where it's like nobody really leaves room for like the middle of the ground. Yeah, I was like, we it's like it either has to be like miraculous or it's terrible. Yeah, we have to cut people some slack because (laughs) at the end of the day, you're right. These are all action movies. Mm -hmm. All of them. Every single one of them is an action movie. Yeah. So every single action movie cannot be an Oscar award winning film. Right. What's really interesting, though, is that I feel like Eternals was a a strange exception that they got like an Oscar winning director Mm -hmm. and they got a brilliant cinematographer. He's the guy that did Banshees of Inishirin. Mm -hmm. And it was like setting up the most like Oscar worthy movie. Mm -hmm. And then people didn't even like that. Right, right. (laughs) So the bar has been set so high Mm -hmm. for Marvel fans that while I'm going to agree with reviewers and with a lot of people out there who who say this movie is not great, sure, it's not great. Mm -hmm. But you can't tell me that this was a terrible movie and that you couldn't enjoy it, laugh at it, think that it looks cool. I mean, it's Paul Rudd on screen. Like right. I will, I will always pay money to watch pay Paul Rudd do anything. Yeah, 
We loved him. Paul Rudd could just like read a newspaper for 20 minutes on YouTube and I would watch it. Mm -hmm. He's just so precious and he's so fun to watch. Yeah. He's always so fun to watch. And I have to say, even though, like you said, the acting was pretty dry. He was great. I thought everybody else. Well, there was one person. There is one. And he is on the poster, so we can talk about him. So we can talk about him. Okay. I wasn't sure. So Jonathan Majors plays Kang who we were introduced to in Loki. Mm-hmm. And he plays kind of who is going to be Marvel's next big villain. So the right. Thanos mm-hmm. of, of Marvel. He was absolutely captivating. Mm-hmm. And I know that this isn't my first introduction to Kang. Like I've seen him in Loki before, mm-hmm. obviously, but this is your first introduction to Kang. Right. What did you think of, of Kang and specifically Jonathan Majors? Well, I feel like I have to talk about them as two separate things because yeah. Jonathan, <laughs> Ma- Jonathan Majors was incredible. It was funny because after the movie ended, I asked you if he was British mm-hmm. and you're like, no, I think he's American. But then you told me that he's a classically trained actor. Yeah. Like he did a lot of Shakespeare, which makes a lot of sense. I don't know why I picked up on this and why this like stuck out to me so much, but his diction mm-hmm. was crisp. It was staged. It was staged like, yeah. Yeah. And it was, I liked that. Yeah. I thought that played really well. He's a really interesting and complex villain. Mm-hmm. It's a very cool concept for a villain. Mm-hmm. I have to say, it's a very, very cool concept for a villain. And it's terrifying. (laughs) And like, honestly, before this, I would say Gore the God Butcher was possibly the most terrifying Mm -hmm. villain. I think it might be Kang. I think Kang is is terrifying because of the possibilities around him. Yes. Gore the God Butcher was just like, he had a much spookier quality to him. Sure. And visually scarier. Mm -hmm. Because like looking at Jonathan Majors is nice. No, and... I, I should clarify. He <laughs> himself is beautiful and nothing about him is scary. But we the, both have crushes on Jonathan Majors. We do. <laughs> and we're only going to see Creed f- because of him. Literally, we watched the Creed trailer and Caitlin was like, mm, I want to see that. And I was like, have you seen a Creed? And she was like, no, but I want to see that Creed. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I agree. I think he's not only an incredibly handsome man he pulls you in like it felt Mm. like he was in the theater with us Mm -hmm. and his performance was so subtle and so like every line he delivered was soft Mm -hmm. which made him more terrifying yes and more menacing and i just really appreciated his role i will say something though about king okay i think that based on my experience of watching Loki mm-hmm. and watching this movie, I'm really struggling with Kang's motivations. Okay. I'm really struggling. I struggled in Loki and I struggled in this movie. I really love his performance and I love the persona of mm-hmm. Kang, mm-hmm. but I feel like I understood Thanos's motivations. And so okay. like I got why he was going there. I understand Namor's motivations. Mm-hmm. I got why he did what he did. Gore the God Butcher. I get it. Mm-hmm. 
I have such a hard time wrapping my mind around Kang. And I don't know if I'm like overthinking it or if it just is a lack of like good explanation. I really hope that they give us like a core set of motivations that you can connect to as like a human being instead of just this like godlike figure. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes a lot of sense. I think especially for me, this is my first exposure to him. He's kind of just build like you said as this god like mm-hmm. kind of all powerful being right and it's kind of like but like what made him be like that right so maybe we just haven't seen that part of king yeah yet. and maybe there's just more to come and i hope so because again jonathan majors is totally capable of whatever they give him oh for he's, sure he's already proved himself yes. and so i'm not questioning his performance at all i just i feel like that's just there's something missing about mm-hmm. kang despite his incredible performance, very layered, very subtle, mm-hmm. great performance. I'll still put Namor and Go- and Gore the God Butcher as better villains okay. as of right now. Okay. Because we knew their motivations and they were more relatable. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I got it. Are you ready for popcorn scores? I'm ready for popcorn scores. Do you want me to go first or you go first? I want you to go first. You want me to go first? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this a very full small. Okay. I will never watch this movie again unless I'm doing like a full Marvel watch through. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason why I would ever watch this movie again. And I totally understand why reviewers are canning it the way that they Mm -hmm. are. That being said, I still had fun. Yeah. I thought there was a decent amount of humor that was actually funny. There Mm -hmm. were some that were not funny. But there was a a decent amount of humor that was actually funny. Mm -hmm. Visually, it was very stimulating and appealing and... Mm -hmm. You know, your eyes always had something to look at. Sure. So I don't think I'll put it as like, oh, my God, this movie's trash. It's, you know, smaller than a small. I'll say it's a full small. It's almost a medium. If they had just given us a better connection between our leads, Mm -hmm. between the lead characters, it would have been a medium for me. But they just didn't go there. Right. It's a small for me. Yeah. But I'm happy that I saw it. You know, it was a fun experience. How about this? Okay. How about I get a pirated copy of it Mm -hmm. and I edit only the scenes of Kang together. Okay. (laughs) A Kang supercut? Okay, (laughs) yeah, I would watch that again. You're into that? Yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to the spoiler section of the podcast. I repeat, this is the spoiler (laughs) section of the podcast. The only time I'm this serious about spoilers is yes. when we're doing marvel marvel people will come marvel for us. people will fight us so i'm gonna say this two more times this is the spoiler section spoiler section of the podcast you ready i'm ready can we circle back to the star wars we have you to made? circle back don't you feel like they ripped every single character and creature and look and feel and vibe from the quantum realm straight from star wars yes and that's literally like as soon as they got to the quantum realm Uh uh-huh i started to kind of notice it at the beginning of the quantum realm Mm -hmm. but really what the two big things that i picked up on that where i was like this is literally star wars yeah was the scene at the bar it was the exact same bar that like han solo goes to. yes with freaking jar jar binks and there's like the little horses that kind of look like jar jar binks because they're like slugs on the top jar jar binks and han solo are never in the bar together they're not no but it's okay but who's there job of the hut <laughs> <laughs> I could have sworn Jar Jar Binks was at the bar. I mean, there's a bar scene later, I'm sure, with Jar Jar Binks. Okay, so I'm, maybe I'm thinking of a different listen, bar scene. All, the, all entire, the entirety of this movie looked like it was 
it was Star Wars. Yes. Okay. So the other thing was mm-hmm. the fucking stormtroopers. Yeah. So Kang's little army, they're literally stormtroopers. They were stormtroopers. But the craziest thing, the craziest one is that there were characters in this movie mm-hmm. that were exact replicas of Tusken Raiders. You know, the desert people that go. Oh, yeah. There were people with the eyes. Oh, yeah. And they had the same staffs. There was a scene where they were celebrating a battle and they were holding the staffs over their head. And I was like, are you fucking serious right now? How did they get away with that? It had the same mix of like humans Mm -hmm. and like creatures. And some of the creatures are like creature creatures. And some of the creatures are dressed as humans. Yeah. Which is a Star Wars thing. Yes. Going back to my comment about having like a lack of identity. That really bothered me because I was Mm -hmm. like... You're really going to design an entire universe that looks like Star Wars in the quantum realm? Yeah, it bothered me too. And I completely agree with you about the lack of identity because you had all these beautiful landscapes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. And then they just copied Star Wars. (laughs) And so it was like... That was a little bit of a letdown for me. Even one of the side characters was kind of like a jacked Princess Leia. Like she, she was. was wearing oh, like yeah. the, the the slave Princess Leia outfit when she's uh-huh. Jabba the Hutt's slave. Uh-huh. Literally was wearing that same outfit basically, but was like a jacked yeah. version of Princess Leia. I also felt like the cityscape where Kang like rules within the con- mm-hmm. quantum realm looks like Coruscant, which is yes. the... I'm sorry if I'm butchering that name, Star Wars people. I'm like a casual Star Wars fan. Right. We both are. But like, it looked exactly like that city. Even some of their like planes and vehicles mm-hmm. yeah. looked like little fighters like from Star Wars. And they had laser pistols that yeah. everyone was shooting. I'm telling you, it was weird and I'm so glad that you said something before I did because you're even less of a Star Wars fan than mm-hmm. I am. And like, I'm not even that much of a Star Wars fan. Right. So like, this is really... This is upsetting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we take issue yeah. with all of those choices. You know what upset me even more though than the Star Wars thing? What? The script was so overwritten hmm. that Every chance they had to have a moment that felt genuine and like well written was always just blown up by a really stupid line. Mm -hmm. So the best example I can have of that is there's this really cool scene where Scott is trying to get this core that Kang is after. Uh Uh-huh. And while Scott is getting closer to the core, he starts breaking apart into like other Scots. Mm Mm-hmm. And I guess it's like all of the possible decisions he could make all in one place. And then as he's getting really overwhelmed by like millions and millions of Scots, Mm -hmm. his daughter calls out on the radio and is like, Dad, I need you to come back to me. Mm -hmm. And all of the Scots stop what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And they all are just like, it's Cassie. We need to help Cassie. Mm -hmm. And they all band together and they like lift Scott out of this like pile of Scots. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was such a beautiful moment. I was like, yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. Like what a great moment. And then a character goes, how is he doing that? And Scott through a radio just goes, because in every possibility, I'll always want the same thing. I'll always want Cassie. And I was like, homie, we got the point already. Yeah. It could have been such a good moment. And then they were like, 
Oop, let me tell you. Let me tell you what actually happened. It definitely overdid it. And I felt like mm-hmm. that happened a lot. I felt like a it lot, over a lot. explained a lot. It also like beat a dead horse with some of yes. the jokes. Can I tell you the one that really bothered me? What? The joke. Cassie's talking to Murdoch or whatever he is. Big head Murdoch. Yeah. Humpty Dumpty. Yes. We haven't even talked about no, Humpty Dumpty yet. Humpty okay. Dumpty. So villain one in Ant-Man. Yes. Darren. At the end of Ant-Man was sent into the quantum realm, but he got a little jumbled up on his way down there. Right. And he literally becomes what everybody can see in all of human history as the picture of Humpty Dumpty. Mm-hmm. It's just a giant head with skinny little arms and legs. <laughs> And I got to be honest with you, having that character playing side by side with Jonathan Majors as Kang, I was like, what in the, like, this what does they not doing? go together at all. No. It was such a bad joke. It was. The whole thing was a bad joke. Every piece of him was a bad joke. There yeah. was a part where we saw his little tiny butt cheeks when they yes. assembled him, where I was like, oh, gross. And there was a scene where they like made fun of his legs, and he was like, they're not little, and like kicked them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, it's funny. I get it. Like, it's totally funny. But, like. But it didn't go together. It didn't go, yes. Like, again, the cohesion, the identity, it was like, do y'all know? Like, this is the same movie? Yeah, like, no. I don't know. And then there's the part at the end, like, towards the end, where he's like, I don't know what to do. And Cassie's like, it's easy. You just don't be a dick. And mm-hmm. he's like, but it's too late. I already am a dick. And she was like, it's never too late to stop being a dick. <laughs> And it's like, it's funny, but it's also like bad. Like it's also just like kind of cringe. And I think a lot of the script felt that way for me. A lot of the script was cringe. Yeah. And I will say that not even like there were some scenes where the script was cringe and not even in a joking way. And Mm. can I tell you the worst? Yeah. Can I just ask you, who makes the device that brings them to the quantum realm? Cassie. Correct. Okay. When they get sucked into the quantum realm, what's the first thing Cassie says when they get there? Where are oh, yeah. we? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. You made this <laughs> whole fucking Hubble telescope. They made it like this whole complicated scene. <laughs> Bitch, you made this happen. Oh. Where are we? <laughs> I forgot about that. I when she said that I almost th- like I almost just left the theater. Oh my god. I was just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm yeah, out. It's it's time <laughs> to go. Pack it up. <laughs> We're done. I think though uh, both of our favorite lines was a a line that we both misheard from Michael Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> he he struggled a little bit with his diction. He I feel did. like maybe he has dentures that don't fit very well mm-hmm. cuz he kind of, you know, you know yeah, it's people. a little m- mouthy. Yeah. yeah, there was a line that he was trying. He was trying to say the word beings. Mm-hmm. And it was when they got to the quantum realm, and they were just finding out that there were sentient creatures and, mm-hmm. and beings there. And instead of beings, we heard beans. We did hear beans, and so we thought he confidently said, "There are beans here." <laughs> intelligent beans <laughs> and both of us literally i'm not joking at the same time turned and looked at each other and we were like did you hear beans yes we were both like did he say beans <laughs> the script also was not doing michelle pfeiffer any favors because they just made her character be like the grand narrator of everything mm-hmm. 
And I thought the most annoying thing was that the literal movie poster is just a giant poster of Kang's face. Mm -hmm. And so we know Kang is there. We know Kang is the villain. We know Kang is is who everyone's talking about. Mm -hmm. They had, I'm not joking, like five to six scenes where Evangeline Lilly would be like, Mom, what did you see down there? And Michelle Pfeiffer would just be like, I'm not telling. (laughs) (laughs) And then like the next scene, she'd be like, what guy are they talking about, Mom? I can't say. I've kept it for a reason. I've kept it from you for a reason. And then like halfway through the movie, the floodgates opened and she was like, back when I was here for 30 years, I was here doing this and then Kang came and then I did this with Kang and then Kang went away and then I was a conqueror with Kang and then Kang did this. And it was just like, she just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. Meanwhile, all I want to know is, did she fuck Bill Murray? (laughs) (laughs) It seems that way. seems that way. There was a cameo from Bill Murray. And I guess when Michelle Pfeiffer got stuck in the quantum realm for 30 years, Bill Murray was there, ready to scoop her up. Apparently. Ready to swoon her. Yeah. I thought his cameo was fun. I thought it was too. I thought he was a good fit for that cameo. Yeah. Bill Murray does live in Charleston. So if we ever see him out at a bar, I'm just going to be like, Hey, Bill, did you fuck Janet? (laughs) (laughs) That does it for us this week. We are going to be back next week with a massive genre shift again. Mm -hmm. We're going to be reviewing one of the best picture nominees that we still have on our list, which is Triangle of Sadness. If you want to watch it before we review it, It is on Prime for rent. So if you want to watch it, I I know some select theaters are showing like the the Oscar nominees. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you can watch it from your home if you want to. We hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Hopefully it is not 80 degrees like it is here in the middle of February. But if it is 80 degrees, get outside and enjoy it. And we will see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us on the ride home. 